Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Exit Light. Enter Mike. <laughs> and I'm Shane. Back in fucking Philly again. <laughs> Welcome to episode 127. Hardcore Heaven 1994. Where could this possibly take place? I, I think Sh- Shane already told us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> this was the first Hardcore Heaven produced by ECW. It would take place on August 13th, 1994, from the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with an attendance of 1,000 people. They all showed up. Ten Every days, single one of them. Ten days before my 17th. Good times, good times. Had you heard of Eastern Championship Wrestling at this point? Uh, that's a good question. Not really, honestly. Yeah, I would say probably not. There's no television. Like, the internet is dog shit. Yeah. If it even exists. I mean, they were on TV I mean, in Philly Al, Al Gore Northeast. was already around, so it's possible we had internet. I don't know. He was thinking about the internet. <laughs> but no, I, I hadn't watched any... Any ECW, I you didn't really do the tape trading or anything like that. Nah, I was in too small of a town for any of that. I was one of like four wrestling fans in my school, but yeah, we didn't have all that high tech shit. That's one more than that's sitting at this table, and so that means that's one more than I know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's ninety four. Like, like, how are you going to know about ECW if you're yeah. not from Philadelphia? The, the I feel door. like. Uh, the full door to ECW didn't get kicked down until just a little bit later, and that's when word really started to spread. I mean, what is the one of the most famous ECW shows is uh, Heat Wave '98. Okay, that's four years after after this, and like that's still before they get television and everybody gets pulled into the WWF and WCW, and before they get like big television, which at that point they're already dying on the vine. So I would have been wildly impressed if Shane was like, oh yeah, I had this on tape. Nope. <laughs> That'd be crazy. But we are back in Philly. We are. What did you bring us this time? Well, we're back in Philly, so I decided to uh, go back to an option that we've used before in Philly because I'm running out of ideas, but luckily there are... Lots of places that claim to be able to make this specific item. So I figured we'd try another spot. This time I went to a place called Juicy's Cheesesteaks. Uh, it's one of those phantom kitchen, ghost kitchen places where it's not really a restaurant, but they make food for deliveries and whatnot. They should stay, stay ghosts. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, uh, looking at the... Uh, the sandwich that came out of this little package. Have you not tried it yet? I have not, because it's just ugly. Juicy's, I assume, <laughs> doesn't have a general manager? I don't even know. I can't imagine enough people work there. For all I know, it could just be a frozen Philly cheesesteak that they 
heat up in some method. We normally don't throw shade, but this is a no. fucking steakum. Normally, is, normally put, put, I don't say the name of a place, but this just looked like shit when I opened it, so... Try to take a bite of it. Um, here we go. That was There was no crunch. There was no crunch. Uh, yeah, it, it tastes like, yeah. like spoiled oil. Yeah, the, the meat's <laughs> not good. There's... No. Cheese is not good. The best part about it is probably cheese. is probably uh, the bread. <laughs> like the best part of it is probably this beer I'm gonna drink it down with that <laughs> had nothing to do with juices whatsoever. Much like with uh, wrestling shows, my food options can't always be winners. No, you're trying. Yep. I mean, we could cover less ECW. Next, I mean, mm-hmm. but or we'd be cheating ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Or we could. Uh, we need more people. Uh, on the the Twitters and whatnot I to feel like uh, throw me some suggestions because Philadelphia is a wrestling town, but it's also kind of a food town. So give me some help because this. Uh, I feel like recently I've listened to my favorite wrestling podcast that's not ours, of course, and they were uh, talking about one of the people on the show from Philadelphia who was talking about all the great sandwiches they have in Philadelphia. And I can't remember any of them at the moment, but I'm going to have to go back yeah. because... Had I had more time, I wanted to do, at least for one of these Philly shows, their Philly is famous for a uh, roast pork sandwich. Wow, that sounds nice. With like sautéed broccoli rabe or something like that. And looks good, sounds good, sounds and it's got to be a whole hell of a lot better than this I'm... shit log that I bought from Juicy's. <laughs> There's always next time oh, in yeah. Philadelphia. Because guess what? <laughs> Next time. There will be a next time in Philadelphia. Yeah, there may not always be a next time in Philadelphia, but for now, there will be a next time. But something, a couple things that happened right around the same time as this show. In fact, it was the previous day. The 25th anniversary Woodstock would begin with headliners such as Nine Inch Nails, Metallica, Aerosmith, and Bob Dylan. So this is Woodstock uh, 94, famous for the... In my mind, the Green Day mud fight. Yes. Yes. That is what it's most member, remembered for. Also, Green Day being kind of on top of the world. But also, in the sports world, we don't usually go there too often, but the Major League Baseball players would go on strike, and it would eventually cancel the World Series for the Whoa. first time since 1904. I had no idea about this. Matt, the resident baseball historian, fan, and follower, uh, why did they strike? The players and the owners wanted different things on their collective bargaining agreement. And, the, is, and like how, like basically every, like it was just... Like the players basically wanted to be paid more and the owners were like, no, we like making money. <clears throat> yeah. And so they fought and they didn't want to, each one of them didn't want to give up something, so. And the World Series, so there was no World Series there was winner. no World in Series ni- in 1994. That's crazy. Nope. Huh. My dad's a big baseball guy, but it's, I would say baseball is my favorite sport as far as rules go. I think that the game is cool and interesting, but I'm not particularly invested. If I'm going to watch uh, an American sport, my choice is typically basketball because it's cool and it's quick, and it's fun. But baseball is like chess with people. It's like, oh, there's an error. It's like, you were supposed to do this, and you didn't pull it off. And I think that that's really cool and interesting, where it's like, oh, like everybody, there's a thing, a right thing to do, 
at all times. And w- when the game is lost, it's because you didn't do the right thing like correctly. And I find that uh, wildly interesting. And I wish I found it wildly entertaining. Yeah, I've never been much of a, a baseball, baseball games fan. are very fun to go to though. I did like Metallica and Aerosmith and Nine Inch Nails and all of them. Uh, Aerosmith's big ones, one of the first CDs mm-hmm. I owned. I don't know where I got it. I love the first Nine Inch Nails album a whole lot. Metallica, wildly important. Uh, the song I sang at the intro is off the album where I'm, where I cut off my Metallica interest. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like the Black Album is not for me, but uh, there's a lot of stuff before that that I that I quite like. I mean, the Woodstock thing, I, just with it being the 25th anniversary, that's it's, it's a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, and then just yeah. to have that those memorable moments with the mud and everything, it's it just kind of is up there in music history yeah you know what i'm really excited for supposedly hopefully it's done well because there's a lot of bad documentaries there's a lot of bad and lazy content in this uh streaming world Mm -hmm. but somebody is doing a woodstock 99 documentary and i could not be more excited for Uh it because i remember fucking woodstock 99 mtv coverage uh i remember seeing shit on fire i remember hearing the horrific remember hearing the horrific shit that happened later i remember seeing like clips of corn playing live and just a wave of people like jumping up and down and woodstock 99 i think for people my age and around my age is a memorable hilarious and bizarre thing and also an upsetting thing (laughs) at the same time it's just like it's just kind of this forgotten thing that i can never forget and i'm endlessly interested in it was a literal shit show yeah it was it was (laughs) honestly more of a shit show in the way that the original woodstock was as opposed to like woodstock 94 where it seemed like everything kind of went off without a hitch Mm -hmm. But, they definitely learned from their mistakes. Yeah, because the original Woodstock, basically everyone's like, oh, nobody paid. And then they like, everybody just kind of walked in, and like it was only $6 anyway, but there was more people. Can than you imagine Florida. that? Going to a music festival for only $6? No. That'd be insane. The last music festival I went to, I paid like 200 something dollars for a three-day pass. Yeah. The last one I went to, I just bought... The two tickets, and it was for the two shows that were part of the festival that I wanted to go to instead of getting a pass. Because, like, I'm just going to want to go see these two shows. That's enough for me. But, yeah. I don't know. Like, see, my dad has been a guy that collects, like, his concert tickets, and it's always funny when you look at him, and it's like, oh, it was, like, $8. <laughs> Let's head off to Hardcore Heaven, and we go straight to our first match. Hack Myers versus Rockin' Rebel. Ooh. <laughs> Hack Myers is from billed as from the last last house on the left. Almost funny. It's time for him to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this match gets going with Hack laying it in with left hands and headbutts to begin, and he drapes Rebel across the bottom rope before leg dropping him on the apron. Hack sucks. We get a chance for about Hack Myers not being a guy people like. Myers telegraphs the back body drop, so Rock and Rebel comes back with a swinging neckbreaker and chops. Rebel continues the attack with side Russian leg sweep, body slam, tosses Hack out to the floor to slam his head into the timekeeper's table. 
Oh my god. Followed by a chair shot across the back. Chairs already? Back in the ring, Myers is taken down by a clothesline for a two count. He then goes low to take control. Hack is hitting multiple headbutts and left hands as the crowd is chanting, Sha! 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 No clue why. Mm, yeah, I don't know. It's because, like, did they like that Hack Myers hit him in the balls? Most likely. Yeah, I mean, we're in Philadelphia. They want blood. <laughs> if you want blood, I'm you sure we'll it. eventually have it. Myers then charges into a corner only for Rock and Rebel to move out of the way. Rebel with several chops and a short arm clothesline. He goes for the pin, but lets Myers up before sending him to the ropes, where Hack catches Rock and Rebel going for a back body drop by throwing him down to the mat. Hackomania is running wild. Myers goes for a back body drop of his own when Rebel floats over and lifts Hack up for a back suplex. But Myers counters in midair to land on top for the pin and the win. Most surprising, Hack Myers won a match. And he countered in midair. That, <laughs> I mean, that yeah. was kind of surprising, that's too. A boy. That's, a, yeah, that's a big boy, for sure. Why do they keep putting Rock and Rebel in matches? I mean, why do they keep putting Hack Myers in matches? Yeah, why do they yeah. put them in a match together? I mean, I'm fine with Rock and Rebel. Like, this is kicking off your night. Keyword being fine. So we go to our second match. Iron Man Tommy Cairo versus Chad Austin. It's We Will Rock You versus What a Man match. Well, What a Man is Jason's music and Chad, Chad Austin's, Austin's yeah, in his stable. Yeah. Jason's stable. It's kind of funny that the guy with the best body, everyone comes out to his song and he never wrestles. Never. Mm, not, never always, not always true. Never say never. Never That's say right. never. So Cairo and Austin lock up, with Tommy just shoving Austin down to the mat before hitting a vertical suplex and a belly-to-belly for a two-count. Did Austin still have his cool jacket? I can't no, remember. He didn't. No. Oh. If he had the cool jacket, I mean... Then he would have been a real mighty good man. I know. What a cool that jacket. That match... I mean, that jacket could make any match. Everybody deserves a cool jacket, and a cool jacket can make anybody look cool. <laughs> Cairo keeps it up with a gorilla press slam, reverse atomic drop, Multiple clotheslines, a spinning heel kick, and a back body drop, which Chad lands awkwardly on. It is absolutely scary. It is yeah. a huge backdrop, and he just lands, like, basically on his, like, neck. Yep. Austin reverses an Irish whip, charging into a corner, only for Tommy to move, sending Chad shoulder first into the ring post. Posted. Cairo hits a back suplex, goes for a cover. But Austin's legs are on the ropes. So Tommy follows with a power slam and heads up top for a somersault splash, only for Chad to avoid. Austin goes to the second rope, flying off with a sunset flip for a near fall. But as Cairo rolls away, Chad jumps on him again, putting his feet on the ropes for leverage for the pin and And the the win. We know it's crazy. We said put his feet on the ropes. He didn't go bottom rope. Didn't go second rope. Chad Austin all the way on the used all the way to top rope to pin Tommy Cairo. I mean, that is the most discreet way for the referee not to see. He was down there, man. He was in it. <laughs> that ref is a bad ref. Was yeah. that that was was that ref undercut? I don't remember the ref. It was not. It was not ref undercut. Where was Peaches at? 
Uh, but yeah, hopefully somewhere without. Probably back at home. <laughs> yeah. No longer in a feud with Sandman. Yeah. They don't need you anymore, girl. Yeah, she was far That's right. Yeah. She got caned the last time we saw mm-hmm. her, too. So and they, they she, killed her off. One of the better uh, actresses in. Because I, I swear to God, last time she was crying. But I don't know. I hope she wasn't actually crying. Because mm. that's upsetting. Her ex-husband put a cigarette out on her recently. I hope wherever she is, she is far away. Some woman beat the hell out of her with a stick. Mm-hmm. I hope that the cigarette ash Not is some woman. The <laughs> woman. Yeah. Is I hope wherever she is, if there's cigarette ash in the room, it is far, face far away. away from her, that she is in control of it. We then go to our third match: Jason, the sexiest man on earth, versus Mikey Whipwreck. In a no DQ match for the ECW Television Championship. Nice smile shenanigans. One hour time limit, no DQ, LOL. <laughs> so Jason gets some flowers from his adoring public. Yeah, his, fa- the... his fans that have like lucha masks on. But the crowd is chanting loudly for Mikey. Mikey. Mikey's shirt has seen better days. It is ripped up and. The resident favorite loser of the ECW arena comes out to the song Loser. Match gets going with the sexiest man on earth using his power early on. Until Whipwreck hits a crossbody off the ropes for a two count. Followed by an atomic drop, multiple drop kicks, a hip toss, an arm drag, and a body slam. To send Jason out to the floor. I mean, like... That's a nice little set list Just unloading all the offense. Yeah, right? like, well, that's a lot of wrestling moves. Guys? Mikey hits a baseball slide to send the sexiest man on earth into the guardrail. I mean, how cool is that? And follows out to slam his face into the steel and the apron. <sighs> Whipwreck tries for a double axe handle off the apron, but Jason catches him in the gut. Suplexing Mikey onto the timekeeper's table before coming off the apron with a leg drop to break the table. The sexiest man on earth suplexes Whipwreck from the apron into the ring, continuing the punishment with running knee drops, several back elbows, a drop kick, and a big boot. It's a bit of a half-ass suplex to bring him in, but I understand that they just kind of, you know, he just leg dropped a man through a table. Take a little bit out of you. I mean, of the managers that I've seen suplex wrestlers. Better than some? Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Mikey comes back with a sunset flip, a crucifix, inside cradle, small package, crossbody press, all for two counts. I just can't imagine how hard Mikey is working on his off days, because he is going from no moves, two moves, to so many moves, and they're not done. Seven in one little motion. And they're not done poorly. That's the thing, is like they're executed wildly well. Mikey then tries for an O'Connor roll, but Jason holds onto the ropes, so Whipwreck plays possum, catching the sexiest man on earth with another roll-up, only for them to trade back and forth two counts out of it. The playing possum moment is so good, because he like gets up, thinks about it, and lays back down. Yep. It's so, so well executed for camera and the crowd. Jason with an insiguri, a gut-wrenched powerbomb, and an elbow drop for a near fall before front suplexing Mikey onto the top rope, which sends him out to the floor. The sexiest man on earth follows out, only for Whipwreck to send Jason into the guardrail, and he grabs a chair, delivering several shots. 
Back into the ring, Mikey goes up top for a crossbody, only for the sexiest man on earth to duck to avoid, then head to the floor to grab a chair. When Jason gets back in the ring, Whipwreck kicks the chair out of his hand, and he picks it up and swings away. Hell yes. But Jason ducks, and the ref takes the blow. Ref bump. Mikey then whacks the sexiest man on earth with the chair to bust him open and makes the cover. And the ref starts making the count. Slowest count ever. But he passes out as he hits three. That should totally count. The pit bulls then run down to the ring and drag Whipwreck split-legged into the ring post. Post. Before placing Jason on top, where the ref has finally woken up to make the count for the pin... And, and the, the win. win. Second slowest cover ever. And, and new. Sexy new. Post-match. The Pitbulls have the sexiest man on earth up on their shoulders. When the Tasmaniac and Jimmy Snuka hit the ring. And it heads right to our fourth match. The Pitbulls, number one and number two, versus the Tasmaniac and Superfly Jimmy Snuka. The bell never rings as Taz and Superfly start waylaying the pit bulls. Is this even a match? The maniac with a belly-to-belly on number two, Tazplex on number one, followed by Snooka coming off the top rope with a Superfly splash as both men cover the pit bulls for the pin and and the win. win. Brudda. That was speedy. The ref make a count. I call it official. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just, I'm just, you know, Joey's like, hey, what's going on? I love when Joey Styles points out in- inaccuracies in wrestling at an ECW match. He's going to spend a lot of time doing that. Uh, yeah, his whole career is kind of constantly doing that. <laughs> we then go to our fifth match. Mr. Hughes with the franchise Shane Douglas and Angel versus 911 with Paul E. Dangerously. I love that 911's out to Frankenstein by the Edgar Winter Group. Shane takes the mic and he calls the Roughneck the true giant of ECW. Good grief. Angels in the neck brace? From the last power, uh, yeah, last mm-hmm. choke, choke slam, slam that from 911? She took the last time we saw him? Of course, we get a slut chant because uh, here in Philadelphia. It's a city of brotherly love. Yeah. Your sisters can mm, just go yeah. fuck off, apparently. I, apparently. <laughs> Put your cigarette out of them, I guess. Not an endorsement, but no. what I've seen. I have seven sisters. I've never put a cigarette out on any one of them. And that makes you a good brother. That's right. So our two giants start trading shoulder blocks and right hands early on, with Hughes actually getting the advantage, where he hits a choke slam on 911. For a two count. Did anyone ever think that Hughes was going to hit a choke slam in this match? I mean, what else can he do? Yeah. 911 starts no selling right hands, but a low blow by the roughneck regains control. And he goes for a side slam, but it's blocked and reversed into a choke slam by 911 for the pin and, and the win. win. Slot. Slot. There's the Mr. Hughes Slut. I know. Yeah. Post-match, Douglas attacks dangerously as he celebrates, and then he pulls Angel in front of him as 911 corners. Franchise escapes out to the floor while Angel slaps 911. Mm-mm. 
So he just picks her up and choke slams Angel. He fucking plants her. It is kind of upsetting. It's like it's one thing to choke slam him. He fucking plants her. Yeah. Paulie grabs a mic and tells Shane to get his death-smelling fish out of the ring. And right, right after he spits on Angel, which was really disgusting. Nine one one then picks her up to hit another choke slam. <laughs> he plants her like he just did. It is ECW. We call it. Get your fish it, and chips. Yeah, Philadelphia, the town of brotherly love, more like the town of violence on against women. The town of death smelling <laughs> fish, apparently. God damn it, so brutal. <laughs> wow. There is after he plants Angel. It's pretty funny. Joey says that he wishes that Hillary Rodham Clinton was here so that nine one one would drive her ass through the mat and we would need a new uh, health care bill. I'm like, well, I don't know what exactly is going on politically at the moment, but it's pretty funny that in 94, he's talking pro-violence against Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> like, no one's a fan of the lady, but uh, everybody likes her a little bit more than they like Donald Trump. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> so we go to our sixth match. The Sandman with Woman. Versus Tommy Dreamer in a Singapore cane match. Oh my gosh. A Singapore cane match? We've never seen one of those. Um, yeah, we have. And as Michael may have hinted, yes. Sandman finally has his music. Uh, yes. Da 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 da. Wait, wrong one. Yep, yeah, that is wrong. <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> Metallica, Lars Ulrich, if you're listening, don't sue us. You have plenty of money. Maybe that's why he didn't do the correct song. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Yeah, Lars is going to be all right. So Sandman takes his time walking all around the ring. And once he gets in, he like climbs up on the ropes, like waiting for Dreamer to come down the aisle. When all of a sudden, Tommy sneaks into the ring from being underneath it. He's been hiding for a long time. It's like... You know, maybe he had some long conversations with Cactus Jack in the last couple of months or something. And he has a Singapore cane with him, and he smashes it across the back and head of Sandman. Dreamer and Woman have a cane duel, with Tommy getting the better of it. And then he grabs her and starts kissing her. Dude. Yeah. Not a babyface move. No. I mean, maybe, maybe in ECW it is. Not anywhere else. Sexually assaulting any woman is not a baby face move. I agree. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Dreamer, and now you know. <laughs> Dreamer goes back to work on Sandman, but woman starts slapping him from behind. So he turns his attention back towards her, only for the ref to intervene. <gasps> so Tommy canes the ref. Oh, and then shit. goes back to the Sandman, busting him open. The ring announcer then gets on the apron to make the announcement that the referee has disqualified Dreamer. So Tommy just canes him as well. Yeah, yeah. Sandman is like DOA in the ring. People are loving Sandman's bullshit. And then Tommy comes out and does Sandman's bullshit to Sandman. (laughs) Dreamer just keeps giving cane shots to anybody who walks into the ring. You get a cane. You get a cane. Just leaving Sandman laying in the ring. Tommy gets some, like, heat from the crowd, like negative heat, even though he did a violence 
which is what they want. They just yeah. want them violence. They and, want blood. Yeah. They gave them blood. Yeah, they got it. They wanted blood and they got it. But the best part of all of this is woman then puts a cigarette in Sandman's mouth. She lights it. She puffs it. She puts it down to Sandman. Selling like a fucking body in an episode of SVU mm-hmm. on his back. But the cigarette revives him. And he gets up and he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel all right. Uh, yeah. Joey Styles said that all he needed was a breath of fresh air. Of fresh air. Yep. Oh, it's Joey. Totally what cigarettes are, right? <laughs> in, in my experience, that's exactly what they are. Okay. If I, if I you know, need a refresher, have to wake up, what yeah. do I do? Click, click. Smoke, smoke. <laughs> that's not a... Yeah, I'm not promoting smoking, but hey, it works. Oh, does it? It refreshes you? Sometimes. It never does that for me. You're not doing it right. I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've curbed my cigarette smoking to yeah. like one every six months at this point. So we're headed to our seventh match: the bad breed of Axel and Ian Rotten versus the public enemy of Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock. Flyboy. In a baseball brawl match Ten. for the ECW World Tag Team Championships. The rules are. Ten counts, and then baseball bats, and then falls anywhere in the ring or anywhere. So the first team to be <laughs> uh-huh. so the first team to be knocked out for a ten count, the other team then gets to use a baseball bat, while falls count anywhere. I mean, you know, slam, da da da. Even though let the boys be boys. I'm gonna let you know that the ref never leaves the ring. He never goes to the crowd at all with them. Uh, let the boy be a boy? I don't know. But the reason this is a baseball brawl match is because of the baseball strike. They decided to, uh, they decided to play that up a little bit. Um, Clever. <laughs> something. Something. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that kid got caned, so we're going to do that for a while. The baseball you, strike. Uh, baseball. Same man's got bat. the cane. We'll do a baseball now. It was because of the the strike. I gotta say, uh, the difference between the cane and a baseball bat is so huge. You can murder somebody with a baseball bat in one swing. With the Singapore cane, you'd be wildly lucky to break skin. To yeah, to, to, like just like you could beat them with it for an extended amount of time and potentially kill them. There's the option of maybe getting lucky. Not that I think it would be lucky, but like a a lucky hit and knocks them loose in their brain or whatever. But for the most part, they're just, they're just going to bleed a lot and have a lot of bruises. It's going to sting. Mm-hmm. But a baseball bat, anybody can kill somebody with a baseball bat. Anybody over the age of five can kill somebody with a baseball bat. Probably younger. <laughs> yeah. If they can lift it, they can commit a, a murder. Yeah, I got to say, old bad breed in this match. On New the... breed. Bad breed? Bad breed. New bad breed. breed. Bad breed. Yeah. Bad breed uh, on the nasty scale, they make the nasty boys kind of look like the Beverly Brothers. Oh, like, yeah. They're they're a little, a little more nasty. A little, a little more uh, than old Jerry and Brian. Yeah, I do love. Love might be strong. I do quite like the nasty boys. They're fun for what they do. Mm-hmm. Kind of like these two teams, <laughs> at their best. 
So Rocco goes after Hat Guy, <sighs> stealing the hat and tossing it into the ring, Ooh. where Grunge rips it apart. And it's pretty good. Rock then gets on the mic and tells the crowd to quit calling him Jailbird. Which, Jailbird. of course, leads the crowd to Jailbird. even do it more. Jailbird. And it's like, why do they want him? Was Did he recently show up in the papers? Did he have a DUI? <laughs> Probably. <I have> no <laughs> clue. So with the crowd chanting away, public enemy's Jailbird. like, we don't need any of this. Jailbird. And they head to the back. This is... But the ref begins to count. What? So public enemy comes Two. back out. And the match finally gets started. I mean, the count, they're going to lose the belts, or the other guys will get the bats, and then they can hit them with the bat, and they still have to pin them. I'm not really sure. But the belts are on the line. I mean, can you be counted out when false count anywhere? Uh, only for the bats to come into play. You're not supposed to? But that's what I'm, but I'm saying. Like, yes, you could be counted the 10 yeah. for, for the other team to be using yeah, that. I mean, if but... false count anywhere, then there is no count out. Yeah. Because you're outside... Yeah, but then there's possibly a, getting pinned. The, yeah, the ten count. So I guess they could have used thing. the baseball bat early on, but if they're just leaving, then they would just leave. Like, yeah, just they could just go get in their fucking cars Honda and CRV and start drunk driving. Big deuces. Oh yeah, I guess if they have to do a ten count to it's, be knocked out, then yeah. they'll just do a ten count to say that you've. Yeah. I would say we're a little bit too reasonable. Yeah. For some of the wrestling we covered. <laughs> so. Did the ref get hit because he's like running around the ring like he just got low blowed or he has to pee? I had to rewind it a few times. Uh, Rocco uh, like kicks the ref in the nuts or something. But Does he? yeah, Rocco okay. Rocco commits violence on the ref. Okay, I missed that completely. I, I had to rewind like, it a few. I had to rewind it a few times, and it was like basically in the corner of. I mean, it's undercut ref, so I'm like, it just felt like yeah. he was probably there to get hit. Yeah. Yeah. So the match finally gets going. Rocco hits a springboard moonsault for a two count. I mean, Rocco loves to springboard. Yeah, he does. He's a, he's a, a, a man of one and a million centons. Rock and roll, spring and stroll, man. He follows that up with a top rope moonsault. But he doesn't make a cover and instead dances. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Was it a cabbage patch? It was, of course. Oh my gosh. Cabbage patch. Wait, no. So he doesn't have to make a cover. He just has to have his opponent down for a 10 count. No, it's false count anywhere to win. <laughs> I thought that was the, after the bat. you want to use the baseball bat, it then just it's doesn't a 10 make count. any sense. I thought the bats had to come out first. I was just like, just make a cover, the match is over. Who it's cares bats. about the baseball bat? I thought it was bats first and then. The whole but premise then, of this match is just dumb. It's just yeah. Dumb. yeah. Rock heads up top again, but is caught by a weak ass Ian dropkick in a not exactly midair, following up with a backdrop of Rock to the floor. Axel, Not the rock, a rock. Axel then backdrops Ian out on top of Public Enemy, but he only catches Grunge. So Rocco climbs on top of the guardrail to do something, but he slips and crotches himself on the steel. Um, nutshots? Everybody's brawling on the outside when Bad Breed grabs chairs. Oh wait, everyone's brawling on the outside? Yes. Okay, cool. When Public Enemy comes right back with chair shots of their own, Rock is handed a pan and uses it across the head of Axel as Ian and Rocco are in the ring for a vicious chair shot and a clothesline by Rotten. Rock springboards out of a wrist lock by Ian, followed by a crossbody that takes both men out to the floor. Everything finally settles back down with Axel hitting an avalanche splash on Rocco, but Grunge comes in with a short arm clothesline 
to regain control. Johnny keeps up the punishment with a turnbuckle smash, rolling neck snap, rock with a spinning heel kick and a sunset flip, only for Axel to drop his weight down onto Rocco. Ems in with a drop kick in the corner, but after a reversed Irish whip, Rock comes back with a spinning heel kick. Public Enemy then hits a combo side slam elbow drop for the ref to make it to a six count, but it's broken up by grunge. I know, I was like, is it baseball bat time? Not yet. Is it, is it home run derby o'clock? It should be. At this point, yes, it should be. Ian ducks multiple clotheslines from Johnny and makes the tag for Axel to deliver elbows and a double noggin knocker to both enemies. Bad Breed continues with an Irish whip into a chair shot and a British invasion, a.k.a. a doomsday device, Yeah, that gets a 10 count so the Rottens get to use the baseball bats. We've got bats! Axel whacks both members of Public Enemy with the bat many, many times. Poor Johnny Grunge with the, like, the, like, not blade juice, where he's, like, bleeding from the back of the head, and it just starts to, it's like, ugh, it's like, I, yeah, he, we're gonna have to cut a little bit of that, put a butterfly band-aid on it, <laughs> I hope it holds. A little super glue. Yeah. A little duct tape, it'll mm-hmm. be fine. Ian takes Rock to the outside, but Rocco runs him into a guardrail, as the announcer reminds us that there has to be a pin to win. What is this? Grunge with a low blow as Rocco hits a somersault splash off the guardrail into the crowd onto Ian. Johnny now has the bat using it on Axel inside the ring. I'm like, he didn't get a 10 count. He shouldn't be able to use the bat. Oh, I mean, I thought it was for both teams. He then comes off the top rope with a baseball bat drop. There's some scaffolding against the wall where Rock and Ian are, and he comes off that scaffolding with some with a somersault splash onto Ian. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. They just, like, had it like, okay, well, this was on the outside of the building. We brought it inside the building because uh, Rocco was like, I could probably jump off yeah, of this. I need that. Mm-hmm. Grunge and Axel continue to battle around ringside before Rotten is tossed into the crowd. And it's crazy how violent this has been, but the crowd seems kind of not particularly compelled. Rocco and Ian are using chairs on each other as they head up into the broadcast area, taking over Joey's table, where Rock wraps a cord around Ian's throat, dragging him back towards the ring where he, when he makes a cover. But there's no ref there. Remember, I told you he stays in the ring the entire time. Yeah. We see Axel is busted open when Johnny hits a DDT on the concrete floor. Rocco then makes it back to ringside to help Grunge with a wooden stair shot across Axel's back. Public Enemy's back in the ring with Axel, where Johnny hits a reverse DDT, followed by Rock coming off the top with a drive-by, which is a somersault splash, for the pin and the win. If this is... Like, what the fuck? It's too convoluted. What the fuck is... even EC What the fuck is, like, the f- is a funk match later in the show if, like, this... Yeah, they If this did that, but without the love of Terry Funk, it's like, ah, they tried to do that, and I wouldn't say they did it... Like, you know where you put this match, then? If if they really, the really... List. Huh? It's on the long list, yeah. <laughs> on the long list, yeah. yeah. No, I'm saying if if you really, really, really feel the need to have the match on this show, put it first. We don't need that Brock and Rebel or 
Who the hell was it? Chad match? Austin? No. Uh, it wasn't even them, was Pac it? Myers and Pac Myers. Pac Myers, yeah. You know, start the show off with this match. Get the crowd, get the crowd wild. Yeah. Going crazy. But the, it's crazy because, like, they... They want this, but even these guys, four guys, are not making it very compelling. And I've seen yeah. these guys do compelling things, but for some reason, it doesn't. These are it doesn't four guys come to, that I absolutely care nothing about. It so doesn't come together here at all. They couldn't um, get me excited with baseball bats and. And with blood. Public Enemy being the champions, uh, Joey Styles lets us know that pretty wonderful would be pretty stupid to challenge the Public Enemy. And I agree with that sentiment <laughs> because pretty wonderful is exactly that mm-hmm. pretty wonderful and the public enemy well rock rock will send on and moonsault i guess we then go to our eighth match <sighs> michael temple's dream match i called it so i called it without knowing it <laughs> you're like well yeah maybe you're gonna see that and then i was like oh <laughs> sooner than i ever thought yeah. two cold scorpio Versus Sabu with 911 and Paul E. Dangerously. And I mean, you know, whoop day it is. We haven't seen Scorpio since Star K 1993, all the way back in episode 107. Now, Sabu doesn't waste any time getting into the ring and begins to dive at Scorpio, only for too cold to avoid. Then the two jockey for position with no one getting an advantage. Until Scorpio goes to a chin lock, into a crucifix pin for a two count. I love uh, Scorpio trying to wrestle Sabu. Very good. Sabu with a body slam goes for a springboard leg drop, only for two cold to move out of the way. He then drop kicks Sabu to the floor and follows out with a flying forearm shot from the apron. The two unload on each other on the floor when they head back into the ring where Sabu tries for a sunset flip powerbomb with Scorpio still on the apron. But he misses and hits the floor really hard. It's fucking wild. I mean, two cold Scorpio and Sabu in a match, you're kind of going to get what you kind of think you're going to get. It involves some men turning into pancake batter. I was wondering which of the two of them were going to have the first major oops yeah, major, the major because, splat. Yeah, they they both are That's well known, known for, for slipping off a rope or landing on a face or something. Yeah, We're working <laughs> uh, working too fast. Yes. Two cold fakes a springboard moonsault and then jumps back in the ring to hit a baseball slide, followed by a plancha onto Sabu. After rolling Sabu into the ring, Scorpio hits a slingshot splash for a two count. Locks on a bow and arrow but he can't hold on. So he follows it up with a nasty pile driver. It is disgusting. And a standing somersault leg drop, which was really nice looking. That looked great. For a near fall. I mean, but, you know, poor Sabu. Two cold goes up top, coming off with a splash, but Sabu gets his knees up, follows it up with a springboard Arabian press and a springboard leg drop for a two count. Sabu then... With a bad hurricanrana, but Scorpio comes right back with a power bomb for a near fall. Tries for a flying forearm, only for Sabu to duck, sending Too Cold out to the floor. What else do they have left at this point? Sabu with a somersault splash off of a chair out onto Scorpio. He then grabs a table, setting it against the guardrail, but Too Cold blocks the attempt to throw him into it. 
tries to get back into the ring, only for Sabu to shoulder block him off the apron where he's leaning onto the table. Sabu then flies out of the ring with a tope suicida to hit Scorpio against the table. It's, again, nasty is kind of the word to describe this match. The two men are trading blows around ringside when Sabu tosses too cold into the front row of the crowd and starts delivering chair shots. Jesus. But Scorpio comes back with a thrust kick. Back around ringside, Sabu sits too cold in a chair, then flies out of the ring with another tope suicida, only for Scorpio to have moved, sending Sabu crashing into the table. I mean, to quote Joey Styles. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Two colds delivering chair shots before they head back into the ring, where Scorpio goes for a tombstone pile driver. Onto a chair. But it's reversed by Sabu right into a steel chair for a two count, as Two Cold gets his boot on the ropes. And like Two Cold takes that chair, pile driver from Sabu, to the forehead. Mm-hmm. Like it's absolutely obvious that dude, that's not how pile driver supposed to work it's not what we're supposed to believe that it works we're not supposed to see his forehead like maybe the top of his head but the forehead my god sabu heads up top only to miss a moonsault so scorpio fires up with a back suplex and a slingshot 450 splash for a near fall is sabu the king of missing the moonsault yes i'd say so yeah Two Cold continues with a body slam, and he goes up top for a tumbleweed, which is a corkscrew somersault leg drop. It's pretty wild. Gets that for a two count. He then tries for a top rope moonsault, but Sabu moves out of the way. Scorpio then sets Sabu up on the top rope, but Sabu rakes the eyes and shoves Two Cold down to the mat. Also, that moonsault was so high up in the air. Sabu then comes off with a somersault senton, sending Scorpion out to the floor. Sabu falls out to hit a pile driver on the concrete, while Paul E. distracts the ref. Boo. Sabu sets too cold on a table, then comes off the apron with a springboard moonsault to go through Scorpio and the table. I believe 911 might have been the one that pushed him on the table. He helped him out. He helped him out. They make it back into the ring for Sabu to get a two count. When the two start laying in right hands on each other, with Too Cold getting the better of it, being able to hit a leaping DDT for a near fall. He catches him. Catches him for the DDT. Damn. Damn. Sabu then hits a drop kick out of nowhere, followed by a springboard leg drop with dangerously holding a chair across the head of Scorpio for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Uh, can't believe I called it. Can't believe. Can believe. <laughs> It was the slop fest that I power slop. It's true power it's a true slop. Airhead. Yes, yeah, yeah. This is back. This is totally. Yeah, this match uh, was wild. Mm-hmm. It was exactly what you would expect it to be. Yes, yeah, but uh, but I will say worth a watch. But we'll get to that later. We then go to our ninth match. Terry Funk versus Cactus Jack. In an ECW dream match. So Funk comes out and he's like... Give me the gra- microphone. He grabs the mic and he tells the crowd that he, he forgot his knee pads. So he's going to head to the back and get them. 
So we just get this shot of the entrance for a few moments. Yeah. With nothing happening. And when he comes back, he takes the mic again and he says, Yeah, at least it wasn't my crotch. I don't know what that means. Maybe he wears a cup? I don't know. Yeah, but also, it's like, I left my... You would say cup? Left my, you can't leave your crotch in the back unless you cut it off. I swear that's what he says. Uh, yeah, I'm, you're probably right. Cactus Jack comes out to Born to be Wild. That's pretty fun. And he grabs a piece of the broken table from the earlier match to bring into the table to show Terry what he's going to do to him before taking the mic, saying he has come to understand family entertainment, suggesting they have a straight-up match. Scientific match, even. Only for Funk to decline. Cactus Jack then says this is the first time they've stood across from each other, and he's going to kick him all over the ECW arena, with Terry responding saying that Jack has always been a dreamer. Which I thought was a good line. Yeah. So, yeah, Cactus Jack's like, even goes, uh, it's going to hurt to kick your ass. <laughs> the match gets going with back and forth action before Funk tosses Jack to the floor and uses pieces of the table across Cactus Jack's head. Terry sends Jack's head into the guardrail before sending him into the crowd, where he delivers several chair shots. They head back towards ringside when Funk puts a sleeper on Cactus Jack, only for him to escape with a jawbreaker across the guardrail, following that up with a running somersault senton over the railing. You know, uh, Cactus Jack kind of stuff. Jack with some chair shots before they head back into the ring, where Cactus Jack hits a running bulldog. Charges at Terry on the ropes, only for Funk to move, and Jack gets tangled up in the ropes by his head. He's lost ah. an ear that way. He may be deaf. I don't understand this at all. Terry delivers some left hands, knocking Cactus Jack loose to the floor, and falls out to continue the punishment, sending Jack face first into multiple ring posts. Posted. Cactus Jack's rolled back into the ring, and Funk is getting up on the apron. When public enemy attacks from behind and into the ring. Grunge hits a DDT on Terry and then places Jack on top of Funk. But he doesn't want to win that way. So public enemy then starts attacking Cactus Jack as well. Placing his beaten body on top of Terry for Johnny to make a three count. Bullshit. 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 Public enemy raises Jack's arms in victory and proceeds but then proceeds to continue the beatdown of both men. Bullshit. Bullshit. Funk and Jack regroup together on the outside, grabbing weapons, and begin to go after Public Enemy in the back as Joey says his goodbyes. Bullshit. Bullshit. But the cameras keep rolling as all four men head back to ringside, with Terry and Cactus Jack using everything and anything to work over Public Enemy. Funk's using frying pans on rock before hitting a pile driver, while Jack hits a double arm DDT on Grunge. They put Public Enemy on top of each other and then make a three count. Yeah, there's a Terry Funk pile driver uh, at the same time as the Cactus Jack DDT, but he like DDT, or pile drives Rocco on the frying pan and then they do the double count thing and uh, the winner. Us. Uh, no nobody. one. <laughs> nobody won. So no contest. Nobody yeah. won that watched it. Nobody won that was there. And the winning won. moment is about to happen, though. Terry and Cactus Jack then ask the crowd to throw some chairs into the ring, and it is, begins to fill up with flying steel upon request. 
covering Public Enemy with a multitude, causing Jack and Funk to escape the ring to stop from being hit. Covered. The ECW arena would ask for you to, um, please don't throw chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Like, you're going to give this, him that? You're going you to kick yeah. him out? Mm-hmm. That's the, this is the last <laughs> match you're going to give me? You don't expect him to throw chairs? This is the infamous chair scene. For sure. Yeah. That you usually see. The other one we saw inspired this for sure. Encouraged this for sure. But this one is... Beautiful. Oh, double the chairs. Joey Styles says his goodbyes as Public Enemy finally gets uncovered and starts throwing some of the chairs back at the crowd. Not into the crowd, just back at the yeah, crowd. Yeah, you can tell that it's kind of calculated the way they throw them, that like they're going to hit the steel or whatever. Grunge takes the mic and starts yelling at Terry and Cactus Jack, basically challenging them to a match before the crowd breaks into an ECW chant ECW. as the video goes dark. ECW. Mm-hmm. So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Hardcore Heaven 1994? This show kind of stunk. Mm-hmm. If this show were a Philly cheesesteak, it would come from Juicy's. Yeah. I'm so glad you guys thought that. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, this show is so bad. Yeah. It's um, We've recently seen some pretty good ECW. Mm-hmm. And this this one like, ain't it, pal. Yeah. Skip this show. This, I, I, I would say this is the worst ECW show we've watched. Ooh. And I would. And there's not even a Sal Balamo on here. Like, I, mean, I would say Battle for the Belts was better than this. I would and say that was the very first ECW show we watched. I would say this is up up there for sure. The two Colts of Boo match and uh, the Mikey match. There, you could make arguments for them, but your argument is as thin as cheesecloth. I mean, literally, I feel like the best match is the Sabu Two Cold, and it is a botch fest. Yeah. It is a, a shit and piss show. They like shit on the floor the and best slipped part in their of own the piss. entire show. Well, I'll save that for my best moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, well get I, there. like <laughs> the only memorable moment from this entire show is actually a repeat from the previous show. Except for a bit more excessive. Yeah, because everyone was like, "Oh, we already did that once." It's the chair. The, chairs the chairs. Thing okay, yeah, that's the most memorable thing. Yeah, yeah. I like. I mean, I'll talk about Mikey later, but I'm also biased. But whatever. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So, can we find any best moments? Um, I mean, the chair pile up. The, 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 um, it is kind of it's like looking at like uh, Russian like dash cam videos, watching like Sabu versus Too Cold Scorpio. <laughs> like so, there's that. It's almost like it is. It has a charm to it. Here's the thing about the Sabu Too Cold. Like it is exactly what we expect it to be. Hundred and ten percent. It's amazing whenever they hit the stuff correctly, and it's cringeworthy. When they bought shit, yep. like they should be, the both men and you're should on not the be edge breathing of your today. seat for the majority of the match because you don't know which is going to happen. Is it going to actually be a successful move, exactly. or are you going to fuck it up? Yeah, or is somebody going like, to get he, hurt in he a gross way? Up that pile driver. Ugh. This is the worst pile driver I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And which then, one? That's a boot. There's two bad. No, the, the the too cold. The first one. Yeah, and then they go to do the tombstone pile driver, and I'm just like, no, no, oh god, no, no. this no, is going. I was like, this is going to kill someone. Mm. And then Sabu reverses it 
and does it onto the chair, and I was just like, that's and also not fucks it good. up. Yeah, because he, like I said, on the on the, <laughs> I mean, the it was, front it of was, the forehead, it was safer than the pile driver that Sabu took, yeah. barely, but not much. Yeah, yeah, Sa- yeah, safer. You, they both of them would have been kicked out of wrestling school. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like, but these guys, they they work too fast. And there's matches that are similar where there's just a bunch of big stuff all the time now, but it's typically done moderately safer and cleaner than this. You guys know I love a Tazplex, so... Yeah. yeah. There was one of those. There was one of those. Show. There was a Tazplex followed by a Snicka splash from the top rope, so, you know... That's a... The two of those together are a nice little pairing as far as the moveset Tazplex into the splash. I think my favorite is the uh, Jason Whipwreck until it falls apart at the end. Just because they're doing lots of stuff and it's done pretty well. And then it just kind of falls apart at the end with the like double reversal ref gunk. Yes. But I think outside of that, that's my favorite I mean, that's match on the too, show. It's the best worked match on the show. Here's the thing. it's they, they had started to kind of basically book themselves into a corner with the Mikey matches. Trying to have these like super convoluted endings to these matches so Mikey would keep the belt. And like, yeah, we've seen it. I mean, the another... last one was even worse against yeah. Chad Austin. That is true. Like, the whole... This one, I, I don't want I, I get what they were going for on this one. It wasn't successful. Yeah, wholly successful. I mean, it it keeps the Th- belt on Mikey. The belt. Uh, Jason has Jason's now. The oh yeah, champ, duh, because they did the thing. But uh. it leaves Mikey with that slimmer of like. Did he actually beat me? Because I beat him. You know, yeah. That kind of All, thing, but so. also, uh, Mikey is like doing moves and doing them, like I said, doing them well. Like these guys are trading moves successfully inside of the ECW arena. And I will never consider that a bad thing. Because I watched the Bad Breed versus. Talking about most disappointing. Ugh. 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 Yeah. Ugh. That match. That just like. Ugh, there was I'm, nothing to that match. I just want to put this whole show under most disappointing. <laughs> I mean, literally, most of these matches, it's just like three moves and then the match is over. Like, yeah. that works sometimes. Not every But when, up. like, literally, so our fourth match, the, our fourth match is the Taz, Taz and Snooka coming out. You mean out. the exciting part of the show, the whole 25 seconds of it? Yeah. 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 Like where Taz comes out with Snooka and Snooka I mean, does. I love a Tazplex and a and a Superfly Splash, but I also want to see him in a match. Yeah. I don't want to just like. Here, here's the other thing, they have now beat Taz and a partner have now beat the Pitbulls twice. The last two shows, in a combined minute and five seconds. <laughs> yeah, that makes them. That makes them like stronger than. Well, it makes the pit, road warriors. I mean, it just makes the point. Pit, makes the pit bulls look like complete shit. Yeah, yeah. perhaps Which, they need to take. And a break. honestly, and you remember when the pit, when pit bull first showed up? You, yeah, you guys were like, "Oh, this guy." How much would you rather? How much would you rather have pit bull over new breed? Bad oh, breed? definitely. Yeah, bad, bad, bad breed. breed. I keep calling them new yeah. breed. I don't know why. I'll take pit bulls over over bad breed. I I'm just hoping I don't see the two of them. And a match against each other. But it's crazy to me that, like, Which the I'm most sure disappointing thing is that they had the most ECW match that they could have had in that tag match between mm-hmm. Public Enemy and the Bad Breed. And even the crowd was not as into it as they should have been, considering the violence. And that goes to show and potentially prove 
that there is a formula to wrestling mm-hmm. for people that want to watch wrestling. I have to go back to best moments for one second because we forgot about the cigarette in the mouth. Oh my gosh, you were oh, so yeah. right. So good, so funny. Sandman coming out, had enough of the cane thing. Like, it's literally, he's laying there and she lights up the cigarette. I was like, and Sandman got they, the they are not going to do it. They're not. I was uh, like, they're, they're not. They, they are. Uh, I was like, okay, I laughed. Yeah, I absolutely lost it. Also, Tommy Dreamer being underneath the ring for three matches, didn't expect that. Yeah. I don't really know what the purpose of that match was for. I think that's why it's they just needed disappointing. Like They just needed a cane again. It, But are we trying to get Dreamer over as, like, because his... Because Sandman's his, still uh, more over, but his Dreamer's... His tome now, it was like... By the time he was, it was like the something of violence. The innovator of violence. Innovator of violence. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, why am I forgetting the word? So I'm like, this is that turn towards that, but I'm just like, it's against Sandman. And Sandman is so it, over as hell right now. Yeah. So I'm like, but you have Dreamer as this huge, he, he's almost, other than Mikey, he's like the ultimate baby face, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. And you bring him in here and he starts doing heel stuff and he's still getting booed because the heel is... An ECW but I feel baby like face. Sandman, is he a face? Is he like he's kind of like you never really know what he yeah. is. Sandman and is your so this kind of to me this muddled, muddled Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, yeah. For not sure. know, not knowing exactly what we're going for. It'd be different if like, so. yeah. It is it is weird because I was like very confused at why Tommy Dreamer people like booed him as he was doing a violence. Yeah, a violence that they would have cheered for if it was in a different direction, uh, and it's kind of weird. It's like, well, so who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? So well, obviously Sandman's worse because he put a cigarette on his wife, but still. How about best performer of the night? I'm going Mikey. I'm gonna go Mikey as yeah. well because he's doing he's doing moves, doing lots of moves, and doing them well. Uh, we could um, coin flip it to uh, Scorpio and Sabu no. for pure. No, there was too many botches. It's all botches. But the fact that they had the balls to do that shit so wildly is The only reason that's the best they match... They had the balls to do it. They went out there and thought they were both going to do great and did what they typically Here's do, the th- and that's what we get. Yeah. You know, I, I said the best match. They, yeah, they, they were on amphetamines, and uh, it showed. You know, I said the best match is Sabu and Two Squad Scorpio. It's the best match because it's the most exciting and, match, and it's the most like the best memorable worked yeah. match is Mikey is Mikey yeah. and Jason. Yeah, that's easily my favorite. But the Scorpio and Sabu is the only other match worth even talking about. Yeah, really. Yeah, uh, you know, contrary to what we do on this show. <laughs> that was one. Do you have someone other than Mikey? Yeah, I'd say Mikey with an honorable mention just because she got smacked around a bit for Angel. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. for taking a Angel took two uh-uh. huge. Choke slams, and I know that they're loving nine one one, but I am about to call nine one one on nine one one because I am kind of over. How about most surprising? That they that Jason they... was in the best worked match of this show, and he's a manager. Yeah, but Jason but we also, also have, is we've like also said that he has the best bed. body of his entire stable, so we're just like. Yeah. Something is going on there that, like, why is he not a wrestler? My most surprising is that they put a Cactus Jack and Terry Funk match as the headlining match and didn't have it. Yeah. And I think that that's, like, it's like, I mean, if that if they actually had that match, then this show could have been, like, we've been like, okay, well, whatever. Spoiler alert. 
it was a setup for a future show. Yeah, and I knew that after a few minutes of it, but I legitimately expected them to deliver until I realized that they weren't going to yeah, deliver. The, the and match I think that's surprising. Never, the match never gets going. No. no. And, and it then falls Public Enemy comes out, and it's like, I just would have rather, yeah, we all just would have rather just seen the match. Exactly. And, I and don't... then let them, let them almost get to the, like, let them get to a, to the, like, they never, they never even get past the first act. No, not at all. Like, let them get to the third act and then jump in and, like, yeah. do the attack. And that's the surprising thing. It's like, you put these two guys, the headline of your show and of the, like, the marquee match, and you don't even allow it to happen at all. Like, I'm fine with a fucked finish. I'm used to that. But they legitimately barely interact. Yeah. Uh, most surprising for me was after the upward cycle that ECW had been on, they somehow fell all the way back to almost to as bad as they were when they very, very first got started just in one fucking show. You've got nine matches in two hours that... Mostly stink? Are 99.9% shit. I would say that they're kind of on the WCW trajectory that we have seen recently, where pre-Hogan for about a year and a half or so every other WCW show was good mm-hmm. and then it would be, be good to great or it was like eye roll bad and they actually had workers and wrestling matches and it was still like eye roll bad and here we're strictly dealing with a shit show and even like even every other shit show is good, but sometimes the shit show is bad. It's still a shit show either way. So, like, I feel like they're kind of on that early 90s WCW will they, won't they. And the will they, won't they is only with themselves, which is frustrating. Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time. What do we got this time? So this week the category is Pay Per Feud. We're back and it's time to play the feud. Let's have it. Pay Per Feud. You're fucked, Mike. I'm sure. I know I am. I know I am. <laughs> I will list matches from a show and you have to name the show and year they come from. Five points if you get it with the first match. Decreasing in points with each match given. All right. So our first match is Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Okay. Shane? I mean, I've got some ideas, but <laughs> it's it's a generic match to put out there just to, is it? to just start spouting off shows willy-nilly. I thought you were just going to have it. No. I don't have it. We'll go for the next one. Next match, four points. Demolition and King Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Andre the Giant and the Twin Towers in a six-man tag match. Oh, wow. Do you know? No. I'm just like, it put, it, put it closer say, to the day. Eh. Yeah, go ahead. Shane? SummerSlam 1990, or sorry, SummerSlam 1989. You, you got it. Yep. You got it. You got, I knew it was a SummerSlam, and I was like, Fuck. And I wanted to. I would have guessed ninety one, ninety two. And so you got it. Yeah, because I knew WrestleMania five and SummerSlam was Rude and Warrior for the Intercontinental. But I 
just didn't know which demolition match he was going to say. Yeah, once you did the uh, demolition... I was it, waiting for it, Powers it of Pain. It, it put it lower, in like, or put it as an older show, for sure. The other matches I was going to give you was Greg Valentine versus Hercules. Ooh. Ted DiBiase versus Jimmy Snuka. Ooh. And Brutus Beefcake and Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage and Zeus. Oh, wow. This sounds like a blast. Uh, you could probably listen to it on episode... Insert name of episode here. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what episode that would be. I'll Maybe. say... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But it sounds like... 36. Oh, yeah. It could be. Do I get an extra point if I get it right? Oh, that'd be very funny. <laughs> I doubt it's 36. No, it's not. That, that seems too early. 49. Uh, well, maybe I don't right. know. You could be right because the... Um, it was 33. 33? Oh, wow. Yeah, I was going to say, those, some of that, like getting to the 1990 happens pretty quick. That's true. Next week, Clash of the Champions 28. Oh, you know I love a Clash. Sometimes. Will we love this one? Well, the clash. Will we love this one? I mean, something's ha- something's got to be going on in this clash. I don't know. We haven't made it through a Hogan clash yet. Oh fuck! I keep forgetting that, that happened. Something wishful Peter. thinking is yeah. a cocksucker. <laughs> I'll just say that it's on the list because of a not so happy moment. <gasps> but you might not realize what it is until you watch it. Maybe not even after you watch it. Oh wow! Okay, I'm intrigued. Music from this week's show is Thunder Kiss 65 by White Zombie. Five, and five, yeah. <laughs> we haven't played Cactus Jack's theme song, and he came out to Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. So yeah. we're going to play it. Not a, a typical Cactus Jack entrance theme, but checks out. It was probably on someone's CD that mm-hmm. they had at the arena. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. He was like, oh, I got this cassette tape. Could I mean, you it sounds, sounds right. Born to be Wild, Cactus mm-hmm. Jack. Yeah. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. If you like uh, this show, you should listen to a show that we may have liked. Maybe maybe click around. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, a show can also uh, be only as good as the food that is provided for it. So, <laughs> I mean, the food provided and the show kind of went hand in hand. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unintentionally. I was I was hoping the food would at least make the show a little better, but it did not. So give us some damn ideas already. Speaking of ideas, give us those ideas for Cedar Rapids, Iowa, because that's where we're going for class. Iowa. Hmm. Mm. You, you know what I think about when I think of Iowa? Corn? Uh, no, I think of... Loose meat sandwiches. <laughs> no, cruising... Make cruising the... Iowa. <laughs> Cruise in USA, whenever you go inside, the, you can do the inside view of the car. And whenever you're in Iowa, a million bugs just hit your windshield. I'm um, like, I don't know. I grew up in Nebraska, so all I know is Iowa had river it's boats. the same places, right? Pretty much. You might as well be, yeah. We're in I mean, Oklahoma. We don't have any room to talk, but I mean, I'd rather be here than Nebraska. Me too. That's why I'm here. <laughs> But you can send us any of those recipe ideas or any questions, comments, or concerns to our email at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Laters. Tasties, I'm coming for.